John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time, God is good. And in his love, he teaches us a lot of things that we can learn so I'll be ready for his coming. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, our joy is that you are the great teacher. You are the shepherd. You are our redeemer and our friend. And you want all of us to come to you so that you will make us what you want us to be. I pray that as I teach and share your word, it will bring us encouragement, healing, direction, and anointing for your service. As is in Jesus, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. Today we'll look at one more parable and maybe take a break from the parables for a while. Matthew 21 to 16, popularly referred to as a parable in the vineyard, or the parable of the servants or laborers in his vineyard. See, the Lord calls you and I to serve him. But sometimes, as human beings, we are fond of comparing ourselves to others, grumbling about the rewards God has given us, or how we are suffering from all the toils that we are, the sacrifices we are making for the Lord. The Lord knows it. The Lord hears it. But the Lord himself came down from heaven to be on earth, and he knows how difficult it is to serve. But he wants to encourage you and I to continue serving him. So he told this parable, and I like to read it, because after all, this is the word of God, and the rest is just a commentary that we give. And I trust that when you have read it and have tried to say something about it, you go back and read it and let the word dwell in your heart richly and God himself give you the rhema and the application that is appropriate for your own situation and give you the anointing, the illumination that you need, the amendment that you need, the energy to do what God has called you to do. Let's start. Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 to 16. Again, take note of what he says. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire servants for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into my vineyard, and whatever is right, I'll give to you. So they went. Verse 5. Again, he went about the sixth hour, and the ninth hour, he did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, 
Why are you standing idle here all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. And whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning from the last to the first. And when those who were hired the eleventh hour came, they received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. What did they say? Saying, these last men have worked for only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing no wrong. Do you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go away. I wish to give the same to the last man, the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish to do with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? Number 16. So the last will be first, and the first shall be last. For many are called, and few are chosen. The Lord bless the reading, the interpretation and application of his word to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a strong parable. The parable that speaks about faith and justice. At times things happen to us, those who are serving Christ, that we do not understand. And God allows it for a season and for a reason. He's working out everything in our lives. And we must give God, if I may say it loosely, the benefit of the doubt that God knows what he's doing. This is a scene typical in the Eastern days, and it's also typical in some parts of Ghana. In those olden days, say if you want to hire laborers, you go to the labor yard, labor commission, uh, and people will be there who want to be hired. Or you go to a place where people gather, and whatever you want, you'll get it. You go to a place where there are trucks, and they are willing to go and load sand for you, laborers who are willing to serve you. That's a scenario of people who are looking for a job. And in an economy like this, where there are so many unemployed people, or people who are looking for jobs, this will be very, very typical. But what happens here? We see that the, the master went out five times to get workers for his vineyard. The vine was ready, and he needed workers to harvest it quickly before the birds destroy the fruit or they get rotten. So they went out at 6 a.m., they went out at 9 a.m., 12 noon, 3 p.m., and also at 5 p.m. Work normally will end at 6 p.m. and people will be paid. So as late as 5 p.m., he also went out to call laborers to come and work in his vineyard. Now, what is the simple truth the Lord is teaching here? The simple truth is this. 
God wants people to work in his vineyard. The world has about 8 billion, thereabouts, people. And God has said in his word that beginning from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world, this gospel shall be preached. And up till now, we have not finished it. Maybe we are about 33% or 40%. There are many more who need to hear. And there are many more who need to go. And the Lord is constantly looking for people who are willing to go. Some he calls early, some he calls late, depending on their availability and their willingness to respond to him. So God wants workers in his vineyard. So in John chapter 15, verse 6, we find that he made a call. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. So God calls some people and he sends them. But we also see in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Again, calling and sending people to go. Luke 14, 23, telling you, don't give up. Luke 14 and 23. Then the master said to the servant, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that the house may be filled. So the master is always looking for people to fill it. Look at going to the highways and hedges and compel them to come into my house. Talk about church growth. Talk about God desiring that all should be in his house. But you see one of the secrets. It's in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Matthew 9, 36. We see the kind of thing that moves Jesus. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. You see, there are people when they see, there are preachers and pastors and evangelists and prophets when they see people, what do they do? They see money. They see opportunity. They see their new car. They see their new suit. They see their new home. They see them, utilitarian, what they will bring to them. But when Jesus saw them, look at what he saw in Matthew 9, 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he saw them. He was moved with compassion. For they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Have you seen sheep without a shepherd? Excuse me to say, I mean, these are not sheep, but if you just go to the stadium, you know that they are coming from stadium. You see thousands of people coming. Or you go to a trotro, yeah, they see them coming. So many of them, all of them, it's about to rain, and they are running, looking for trotro, going home. And you know if it rains now, a lot of them will be in trouble. That's how Jesus sees people in the world heading to destruction. So he's moved by compassion, and he's looking for people every time to come so that he will save them. So that's a reason for calling people to work. It's moved. Now, so are you willing for him to call you? Why is it that when he's calling and calling and the work is so huge, why do some people refuse to go to do the work of God? Is it because they lack the vision? They don't have the same vision that God has for them? Look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, 18 tells us why some people refuse to go. 
where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. People do not have that vision of the lost. Like I said, when they see people, what do they see? They see money. They see opportunity. They see how they can benefit from them. Or you see 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. You see again, lack of vision over there. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. God is calling you. Say, those whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of Christ of God, should shine on them. They don't. You call for a church crusade. They will not come. Call for a church meeting. They will not come. But you call for a place where there will be free dance, free booze, free entertainment, even if it's a funeral or dancing to some music that you don't know what the words are about. They are there in their thousands. And you wonder what are they doing there. First Corinthians 4.4 tells you this. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. They do not believe because the God of this world has blinded them. And you as a child of God, you lack the vision to see that it's the God of this world who has blinded them. Will you pray for them that their eyes will open, that they will come to the Lord. And sometimes people do not go because they themselves are also blinded. They are living a defeated life. Sometimes they don't have the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. They are not going because they lack victory and they lack the virtue of following the Lord. So God calls us and God is always and always interested in people coming to his salvation, coming to his church, doing the work of God. For it's like a landowner who is calling people and calling and calling. So everyone who is ready to yield, the Lord wants that person to come. He calls some in the morning, calls some in the afternoon, calls some in the evening. So he calls them and they follow him. Five times he goes out and they call. But let's see what the comp compensation is like. Let's see verses 8 and 9. Again, a promise that should be a comfort to you and I about the justice of God. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning from the last to the first. Everyone, my brothers, everyone, my brothers and sisters, who the Lord has called, remember this, God, God, God will reward us. God is not an unjust God. God is not an unkind God. He will reward you for the labor you put in his work, for the time you spend in his work, for the prayer you invest in his work. He will reward you. And will you look forward to receive that reward with joy? He's the one who is giving you. So whatever he gives you, let me say in this slang, God gives no junk. And he can always give you more than you ask for. But look at the complaint. Look at verses 10 to 12. So he called them from the last to the first. But look at what happens here. And that's exactly the attitude the Lord wants us not to have. Verse 10. But when the first came, they supposed that they will receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. Look at verse 11 and 12. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. What was their complaint? Saying, these last men and women have worked only one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the heat of the day. Are they right? Somehow, it seems they are right. 
because he started work at 6. So some work from 6 a.m. to 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 12 hours. So what were they expecting? They were expecting to be paid what? How many Deran in Aristotle? 12. But the one who promised to pay you said, you go and I'll pay you one denarius. It's contract is contract. Agreement is agreement. You agreed with what the Lord should give you. Did you not agree with me for a denarius, which was even more than a laborer's pay for a day? It's like for a week. They agreed. So what was your problem? You see, there are people in this world, when God calls them and God gives them a reward, they, do not, they are not happy with it. They tend to be envious of other people. So, they are greedy. Or they are not satisfied. They have complaining spirit. Oh, I was in this church before this person came. Now he's a deacon. Now she's this. Now he's a pastor. He's this. As for me, I won't serve God again. Why this man has this gift of healing, the gift of tongue, the gift of miracles, and I don't have anything. Why should I serve God? Why? Why? Why is this? He's traveling. What, what, what's the complaint about? God says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That is what he said he would do for you. Look at Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. All that he said, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears says, come. Let him who tests, come. Whoever desires, let him come and take life freely. Let him take the water of life freely. That is all that God wants you to come and do. You see, we have to learn one thing, and that is what Jesus' point is, that for many of us, our intentions, our complaints, our grumbling, our criticism, our envy of others will destroy our testimony and destroy the rewards that God has for us. So let's look at a few things as we bring this sermon to a close. Look at the promise. Verse 13. They agreed on what they will be paid. They agreed on a certain wage. What other people are paid is not your business. It is God's business. Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree for me to give you this wage? You agreed. That is what I'm giving you. Look at verse 14. God paid what he promised. God will be just to the sinner and to the Christian. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 to 15. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 to 15. Something Interesting is said over there. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them who are the them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And the dead and hate gave up the dead that were in them. And they were judged, each one, according 
to his works. Friend, my simple ad advice to you is this. Do what God has called you to do. Be what God has called you to be. At the right time, God is never and ever unfair. He will give you what you deserve. He will not cheat you. He will not deny you what you deserve. Because he said the books are there. Everything you do is recorded. Pastor may forget you. Deacons may forget you. We may misinterpret. We may misunderstand. But be courageous like this. The kingdom of God is not, an, is not a place where there will be injustice. God knows what he's doing. And he will do for you what he has promised. But look at verse 15. The owner is the one who has the power to do what he wants to do. Is it unlawful for me to do what I wish to do with my own thing? The owner, we are all God's stewards. You see, to whom much is given, much is expected. For instance, if you read in the account, they say, don't let many of us become teachers because those who are teachers will be judged more harshly. Okay? With a bigger standard. So whatever the Lord has given to you, he says, I am the one who has given to you. I wish to give to you. You see, he called some. He gave some three talents. He gave another five. He gave another one. Whatever God has given to you, be grateful for it and learn to use it and ask for the power. We read earlier on last week's sermon that he that is faithful in little shall be faithful in much. As you are faithful in doing what God has called you to do, he will multiply and multiply and multiply the gifts to you. And even if he chooses not to multiply, it is his gifts. Just be faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, 2 tells us that as stewards, as stewards of God, what are we required to be? What are we required to do? We are required to be faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. So there were people who were very envious. I am for Apollos. I am for Peter. I am for this. This one is different. As a church, we are passing through transition. And people are quick to compare. Oh, John is not like Equia. Equia is different from this. Me, I like this. I like that. I like this. And sometimes they may even say it into your hearing. And you are bound to be discouraged that people do not appreciate me. Let me tell you this. Moreover, it is required in stewards that you be found faithful. May God help us to be faithful in what he has called you to be and to do because that is the standard. The last one we read here is verse 16. You see, God said something to those who are listening. So the last will be first and the first will be last. For many are called but few are chosen. What does this mean? It could translate it simply to mean those who are forgotten and on earth will be rewarded in heaven. Those who are forgotten on earth here will be rewarded in heaven. Now, look at it. Those who were standing till 5 p.m. when the master went to pick them up, do you know what they said? They said, nobody has called us. Nobody has called us. And we as pastors and as church leaders, we are guilty of this and we must warn ourselves. We call some people pew warmers because we have not helped them to discover their gifts, train them to use their gifts, train them to deploy them, 
So they are there. They have their own problems and their challenges. And nobody has ever told them that God can use them or taught them how they can be used or taught them how to fish, taught them how to witness, taught them how to pray for others, taught them how to evangelize. We have not taught them. Jesus took his disciples and taught them. So I'm telling you, if you are a disciple of Christ, you have been born again, have you given yourself the opportunity to be in a shift to be in a Sunday school where you can be trained and coached and led to do what God has called you to do? Yes. If not, be, that, be doing that. But if you are pastoring a church and leading a church and leading people, have you equipped them to go out there and do what the Lord has called them to do? So the time that you have that realization, you come. Whether it is 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 12 a.m., oh, you do what the Lord has called you to do. There are this parable, the Paul Ambantum, Yes, he did more than the others so-called. That's what the parable said. But the truth is simple. There are some who come, and because they are late, they want to run. It's like somebody who's running a four-by-four-hundred relay, and he has taken the last baton. He said, wow, I have to be the first. I have to be first. I have to be the first. And he's running, 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 and finally his team wins. Why? Because he has put in all his effort. If you put in all that effort and you win, God will reward you. If you put in all that effort and you don't even win, you are last, God will reward you. Because God does not reward us according to the standards of this world. So, as our greeting says in Calvary Baptist Church, let us press on to victory. Because what we are talking about is laborers in the vineyard. God has a vineyard. The vineyard is the world, and he has called us to be his faithful stewards, and he expects us to work for him. Let God do the judging, and let God do the rewarding. Let God give you the anointing, and you'll be faithful in doing what he calls you to do. He knows better than you do. So that Paul says, I don't even judge myself. I just do what God has called you to do. God will be fair. God will be just. The Christian has no reason to complain about how God is treating you. You have no reason at all because you don't know the mind of God. Did Jesus complain? No. He just did what God wants him to do. And he received the reward from the Father. That is what he's telling us. Paul, who was crucified, did he complain? All the disciples who were killed, did they complain? Because they know that the end of it all, God who loves them, will reward them accordingly. So complaining, complaining, complaining about God's work, about pastors, about leaders, is a sign of backsliding. It's a sign of worldliness. It's a sign you don't appreciate what God has given to you. See what he has given to you. See what he has called you to do. Occupy your position and play that part. Otherwise, you become the lose one. The devil will be scoring goals through your angle, because you are not watching, you are not praying, you are not reading, you are not marking the ball, you are just there complaining. Let that not be your story. So share this declaration with me. Lord, I thank you that today I realize that you have called me into the vineyard. I don't know what time it is that you have called me, whether it's the early hours or the mid hours or the late hour. But whatever it is, Lord, I yield myself to you. From the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, 
Father, I surrender all to you. My mind belongs to you. Father, my mouth belongs to you. The things that I say, Lord, anoint them. What I see, Father, may it be anointed by you. What I hear may be anointed by you. My feet may go where you have sent me to go. My hands, may they do your bidding. Father, when I do all these things, work through me to bring healing, correction, and direction at work, at home, in the office, as I seek to serve you. That others through me will come to know you in your vineyard. This is what you have made me to be. And Father, I accept the task to be fruitful in your vineyard, knowing that you will do it through me. I seal this prayer in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. If this is your prayer, I'll say amen, amen, amen. And the Lord be with you and show you the way to be fruitful in his vineyard. He's coming again with his reward. Will you receive yours when he tells you, well done, good and faithful servant. Stay blessed now and always. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.